I think, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs about their work, but what's ha- has helped me is just like kind of just trying to accept those thoughts, know that they'll be there, but trying to just like choose to focus on the better thoughts instead of focusing on the the bad ones, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Attention Engineer. I'm Laura Kidd, a music producer, songwriter and solo artist making music as pen friend and beaming into your ears from my studio, The Launchpad in Bristol. Find me around the internet at Penfriend Rocks. Thanks for joining me today as I continue my mission to encourage creativity in every listener by sharing conversations with some of the artists I admire the most. It's music video time again here in the Launchpad. After taking delivery of our new drone friend early last week, Tim and I have been practicing cinematic shots after individually crashing the poor thing into a piano, me, and a plant, Tim. It works a lot better outside. Yesterday I packed up the drone and my posh camcorder to spend a few hours by the River Avon up in the northwest part of Bristol, singing to myself and enjoying the peace and quiet. It was lush and I only lost the drone for a few minutes. The next stage is editing, which I love, and then the video will be ready to share with you at the end of next week. I checked my calendar today and it's just nine and a bit weeks till my new album Exotic Monsters is released into the world, which is scary and exciting all at once. Thank you so much to everyone who's pre-ordered it so far. It's very much appreciated. You can watch a teaser video and browse the limited edition bundles at penfriend.rocks forward slash new album if you like. Today's guest has a brand new album out right this moment. It was released last Friday and it's my favourite of the year so far. If you listened to my conversation last year with Sadie Dupuis of Sad13 and Speedy Ortiz, you might remember that Danza's name came up then. She and Sadie worked together on a track with Lizzo, and although I'd been listening to Danza's computer magic project for years, I'd managed to miss a couple of albums somewhere along the way, so I got all caught up, sent out a friendly invite, and was really delighted that she accepted. Danielle Danz Johnson is a songwriter, composer, and producer. Since 2010, she's been making music, formerly under the moniker of Computer Magic, and currently under Dan's CM. Dan's influences include New Wave, Italo Disco, Krautrock, New Order, Giorgio Moroder, Gary Newman, Stereolab, Bell and Sebastian, and Radiohead. Her visual aesthetics are influenced by sci-fi films like Barbarella, Logan's Run, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. In 2019, Dan's founded Synth History, a media site featuring musicians who embrace synthesizers. She's interviewed artists like Pete Townsend, Suzanne Charney, James Murphy, Rick Wakeman, 10Tricks Point Never, and Vince Clark. The first Synth History podcast episode on Wendy Carlos, written, recorded, scored, and produced by Dan's, was released in August 2020. And her new record, The Absurdity of Human Existence, came out last Friday, the 12th of March 2021, on her own label, Channel 9 Records. In this conversation, we discuss digging deeper to make the most meaningful music you can, why your creative ideas have to light you up, the whys and wherefores of changing a project name as a solo artist, how reinventing yourself is a way to grow artistically, using the internet to learn how to do the things we want to do, then doing them. Let's get into it. 
Uh, it's just, yeah, it's super cool to talk to you because I've been listening to your music for years now. I don't know how I came across Computer Magic, but I'm really glad I did. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's really great to hear, obviously, one, you're still going, and two, that there's this whole new era for you. So it'd be cool to talk about a bit of that, but I, I know some people don't want to talk about old things and some people, you know, just want to talk about the new things. So that's totally up to you, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm down to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Whatever you want. <laughs> so um, just at the start, could you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Uh, my name is Dans, and I am a musician, composer, producer, uh, record label owner, and podcast maker. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> all the things. Bunch of different stuff. <laughs> How's that come about for you, all the different things? Uh, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, I started with, with doing music, uh, career wise, but before that, when I was in high school, I like dabbled in graphic design and then like that's helped me along the way with music. And I think whenever I become interested in something, I just kind of figure out how to do it. And then it goes from there. Um, I mean, that's true for the record label and the podcast and, and whatever I'm, I decide to do. But uh, I, whenever I want to do something, I just kind of research how to do it and try and make it happen. Yeah, I'm, la I'm smiling and nodding because I'm exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> I've just been learning a lot of stuff about green screen because I just did a new video. And um, obviously we're a bit restricted with what we can do in the UK still on lockdown. But I was probably going to do some weird green screen at some point anyway. It's just so brilliant. Like you really can just decide to do whatever and do it. Yeah, totally. You know, That's a great example. It's not really any excuses anymore for not doing things, I think. Yeah. I mean, especially with how much you can learn on the internet and how many how-to videos there are on, on YouTube and stuff. Just type whatever in and there's a how-to video. Exactly. Exactly. So talking about your album, that's coming out really soon, isn't it? Yeah, that's coming out in a little over a week, in yeah. nine, nine days, March 12th. Um, I'm really excited for it to finally come out. Uh, I actually finished, finished all the songs at the end of 2019 and wanted to release them in 2020. Um, was trying to figure out if I was going to mix this. I, so I recorded and, and produced the songs myself, and I was kind of dabbling with the idea of if, if I wanted to mix it myself or um, have someone else mix it. Mm. And uh, I decided I wanted uh, my friend Claudius Mittendorfer to mix it, who had mixed my other record, Davos. Um, but the after mixing was done and everything, I was kind of ready to release the record in 2019 or sorry in 2020 mm. but then obviously the pandemic kind of hit and I was like do I still put this record out is it going to be lost I can't tour it I don't really know what to do um mm. but what ended up happening was I just decided to uh put it out in 2021 because I didn't really want to wait anymore for the pandemic to go away uh this is like, what if it 
it never goes away. <laughs> I mean, that's like a pretty bad way to think about it, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. So just like, it's okay if I can't tour, I'll try to figure out, you know, maybe how to stream shows and stuff like that. And I just didn't want to sit on the songs anymore and I wanted to get them out. Um, it was just so hard to like, I had the artwork done. I had like all the songs mixed and mastered at that point, And like, I just didn't want to, it's hard for me to move on with any other, other thing. If I'm just like sitting on this thing that wasn't released. So it feels good to finally know like, all right, it's going to be out next week and then I can move on to like whatever the next chapter is. Oh, I totally understand that. And with the videos, had you, had you filmed those before locked up, sorry, before the pandemic and stuff or no? No. So those kind of happened, um, in the middle, not in the, well, in the summer of uh, 2020. Mm. So uh, what had happened was, is by sitting on the the record, I was able to kind of like shop it around a little bit more to distribution companies, which was a good thing. Mm. Um, rather, rather than just releasing it myself on, on a distribution company like TuneCore, I was able to, to solidify a distribution deal with this company called The Orchard. Oh, which, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, uh, who were kind of helping me along. And they gave me a small advance for uh, just like to help uh, with either promotional stuff or or videos or whatever. And so with that extra money, I uh, uh, decided to do these two videos. Um, It was a really small crew. So about two years ago, I started dating uh, a really good friend of mine who's also a a director and it was just him and I we went to the desert and filmed the the song for idea or the video for idea of you and then we went to the Oregon coast and filmed the idea for domino and a year prior in 2019 um a good friend of mine her name is Shay Daytar and her and I went out to the desert and shot the album artwork and so for the videos, we kind of wanted it to go to coincide with the with the artwork for the album, and um, that's why they're just, just they're set in in kind of nature and like the natural world kind of goes with the album artwork. But they're so the- beautiful. Like the the scenery is stunning. The one where you're you're in the the water, and yeah, like the waves yeah. are just moving so perfectly with the music. It's so beautifully done. And then the other one where it's just like it's like bathroom goals. It's the most insanely <laughs> beautiful bathroom I've ever seen. It's so it's not just the bathroom; like the rest of it's a great it's a great video generally. But thank it's you. really great. Well done. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Um, it was really cool too to just do it with uh, the two of us. I think it was like a very intimate kind of setting and we uh were, were feeling kind of trapped in New York with COVID mm. and it's like we were able to we then like went out to the middle of the desert and felt kind of like trapped in this different way but at least it was like surrounded by by nature instead of like buildings uh yeah. but but yeah I'm, I'm really happy with the way the the videos turned out and I had never gone to so that beach that we shot at for Domino is Bandon Beach in Oregon on the in the Pacific Northwest and mm. I'd never really been there before but the beaches were it was just so cool we stayed in this like found a cheap Airbnb like right next to the beach and it was like pouring rain but it was really uh, a really cool experience yeah 
it all feels very put together you know the music and the visuals and everything it's really good really really good thank you but you made one of my favorite music videos ever I think which is the one where you're walking around I presume in New York dressed as an astronaut oh yeah I love that so much that's a classic one yeah it's really good that was the first music video uh, ever uh I think I mean besides like I think there's this one that you can find on YouTube called shopping for my robot and it was when I was <laughs> when I was living in Florida and um I had made like this robot outfit for my mom to put on like made out of like uh uh tin foil it was mm. it's really bad <laughs> but um but yeah the end of time video that was shot in New York uh very I was very shy I remember the director was like all right so we're gonna start it where you're gonna put this astronaut costume on and is it okay if like you're in your underwear for the beginning of the video I'm like oh my god I don't know I don't know about that (laughs) but like now it's just like a different time like I feel like like it's so silly to even think that I was like worried about that but I uh yeah that was a that was a cool experience for me yeah and just yeah, walking around in public. I mean, it's funny because, I mean, you can't really walk around in public at the moment. So it seems like a sort of a past era in some ways. And obviously we hope to get back there really soon. But just that, yeah, like walking around um, and having people watch you doing stuff. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Because I always feel so awkward, even though I enjoy making videos and stuff. That's the I bit mean, I hate. I mean, I think there was something about just being a... Uh kind of in disguise in the astronaut suit that um it was kind of like shutting the the world out a little bit anyway and I feel like just naturally when I walk around I'm always like have headphones on have my hood on have sunglasses on and now it's like with a mask like going totally Mm -hmm. incognito and uh I mean the only difference was there was a camera like behind me but it was just literally like one guy and uh like a steady cam so it wasn't yeah. a whole crew or anything but I think people definitely were like what's going on but I feel like in in New York there's so many crazy random things that happen that um that was kind of just normal yeah I suppose so yeah you're not the weirdest thing they saw that day <laughs> no it'd probably be weirder if I was like walking around in upstate New York or something you'd yeah. be like what the heck is going on <laughs> they'd love it I was so really interested in this, um, the name change thing, because purely because I've done it too. So I had a project called She Makes War, which I did for 10 years, which was a solo project. And then I changed it to the project, which I'm doing now, which is called Pen Friend. And when a band breaks up and members from a band form another band with a different name, no one seems to think that's weird. But when it's a per- single person doing it, it's like you, I don't know, I, I kind of joked about it and said I was, I've broken up with myself with, you know, yeah. artistic differences <laughs> kind of thing. So how have you been dealing with that? And what's your rationale behind that? Yeah, so it's interesting. So when I first started making music, I never even for a second thought that it would be, a, a, it would become a career. I just was doing it for fun and people liked it and uh, I just thought of the name Computer Magic kind of on a whim. Uh, I, it was a, like a quote from this movie I'd watched, and it's like, all right, that sounds cool. Uh, but then over the years, like, then I started to grow and have a fan base, and it just became, you know, where where I am today. And 
had had songs and commercials and got to go to Japan and all these things. And then mm. the name kind of just stuck, even though I was never like that big of a fan of my of my own name. <laughs> so, <Right>. Like <laughs> I just thought there's so many bands with the name Magic in them, and like I, you know, I don't want to be stuck in a corner of like computer magic I, I always thought like whenever I talked to somebody else who had no idea what kind of music that I made they thought it was very um oh must be like very technological and like uh, you know like Skrillex or something like that not that there's anything wrong with Skrillex but I think uh <laughs> like people just thought that they never heard my music before thought that it was something different than it actually was and um yeah I I wanted to change it, change my name to just Dan's actually a few years ago. And I remember I posted on Facebook and people were like, oh, no, I don't think you should change it. You know, it's going to confuse people, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I'll just name my record Dan's. And so so I put out a record called Dan's by Computer Magic. And then I was just, I don't know. I don't know if it was COVID or what, but. I kind of wanted to do it before COVID, but then that happened. And then I just didn't really care about keeping the name anymore. I was like, I'm keeping it more so for other people than myself. And I just wanted to kind of shed it. And I, uh, everybody knows me as Dan's anyway. Mm. And so I, I decided to just like kind of keep the CM as like uh, a little throwback. But I think it was just... But the name Computer Magic reminds me of this bedroom pop girl that was very shy and like wanted to kind of hide. I wanted to even hide that it was me making the music. So I was like, you mm. know, what if nobody believes that like I could do this? So I just like make this into like could be a band, could be just me. You won't know. It's named Computer Magic. And so I think now I'm just like kind of more proud of what I do and just decided to to shed the name and. And that's a big reason, or that is the reason why it's yeah. coming out as Dan CM. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I've been through the same thought process myself with my own one. And it's so funny because there's a lot of people who don't see any problem with the name I had. And then maybe there, there is no problem. It's just a bunch of words. There is no problem with it. It's just that obviously yeah. my connections to it and the way I feel about it and the way I feel that other people might have felt about it is, is my own thing. And I have to be happy because I'm the one doing the thing so of exactly. course it's no one else's business at all but your own yeah exactly of course you don't want to lose everyone that you've built up over the years but I think people can can manage you know I think you can probably find them hopefully yeah that was a thing that I didn't really think think fully about like on Spotify obviously mm. there's like I don't know like 20 uh, 30,000 people that follow computer magic on Spotify and I didn't mm. really think about like oh well I'm going to have to regain all those followers again for the Dan CM account. But really, like, at the end of the day, I feel like um, I just, and I don't care. I feel like if people want to find it, they'll they'll find it. And I don't know. I was just, like, it was kind of, like, troubling me a lot. Like, should I change my name? Shouldn't I change it? Should I change my name? Shouldn't I change it? <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right. It's just, like, you have to be happy with it. And I was just so tired to, like, being like introduced like oh this is Dan's she's computer magic like I just want to be like Dan's like yeah. Dan CM or whatever and uh it's just kind of easier that way it feels like for me and I feel yeah. like I'm I've gotten older it's like a new chapter in my life I've been like, like you've been doing this for like 10 years I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm just like it's it's time for like a change yeah how does a change feel 
it feels great. I feel very, Good. yeah, I feel very happy about it. I think um, I like kind of, uh, I don't know what word to use, <laughs> but I like having computer magic, like be where it is and not go. I, I didn't want to like ride it out like uh, like Seinfeld or something like that, like forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I just I just felt like I needed to change it, and I didn't want to like just keep doing computer magic forever and ever because yeah. I think with with any kind of music, eventually it kind of gets stagnant. And I feel like it sounds dumb, but I feel like changing the name of something and kind of reinventing yourself in a way is just how to grow artistically and. Yeah, yeah, it's just a new chapter for me. I totally agree. I'm excited for you because I'm excited for myself as well. Because it's fun. <laughs> it's just fun. <laughs> My name was picked very quickly, a long, long, long time ago as well. And I just don't want to be defined by an idea I had like 15 years ago. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's brilliant. I'm really, really glad that you're happy. As well as making brilliant music, you also run a really cool website about synths, don't you? I do. Tell me about that, please. Yeah, so it's called Synth History, um, and the way it starts pretty interesting. So a couple years ago on Instagram, I realized that like whenever I'd post something a little bit nerdier about like a synthesizer or something, it would get way less interaction than if it was like a selfie of me. And I was like, well, this is annoying because I can't really talk to that many people as much as I want to about synths because it kind of gets like lost in the algorithm. So I decided to start this new, this other Instagram account that was just dedicated to like talking about retro synths and stuff. And I'd find these like older magazine scans on Tumblr and blogs and stuff and just kind of research the synths a little bit and post about them. And um, I would hashtag all the posts and stuff. And it's just started growing like it started growing like really crazy. And um, I think the first like big follower was Moog Synthesizers. And then after that, like Trent Reznor started following it. And then John Mayer started following it. And then Red Bull Music Academy. And then it just kind of like snowballed. And all these like musicians that I look up to started following it. And nobody knew who like who it was or anything. Yeah. I still don't I still don't even really like I'm not in the bio of the Instagram account or anything. I'm just like following myself. Yeah. And post about post about myself occasionally. But um but it just kind of grew. And then over COVID, I was like, all right, well, people people obviously really lo- love to interact with this. Uh I should really start just doing something else with it. And Originally, I, wa- I thought it'd be really cool to do some kind of documentary TV series, but after realizing that that was just way too much m- money and too complicated to do, I thought, well, I know how to record and how to edit and how to produce. I should just do a podcast. And so the first episode is this uh, narrative podcast on Wendy Carlos. And then after the podcast, around the same time, actually, I started to do, just do written interviews with musicians that were following the account. And the first one I reached out to was Pete Townsend from The Who, mm. who's really into synths. And he was the first interview I did. And then uh, I did Vince Clark, uh, who who's in Depeche Mode and Yaz, and Gary Newman and James Murphy of LCD Sound System. And, Such um, cool people. That's great. 
Yeah, it just kind of became like this Instagram thing that I then turned into like a website and then now podcast, but the podcast episodes are like a lot of work. So it's, it takes a it, it takes a it takes a lot of time. It's like because I'm scoring all them and it's a, a lot of sound design. It's like oh, very right. It's very similar to like um like Radio Lab or This American Life or something. Yeah. And I'm the the only person doing it, so I want to put more of them out but, uh, faster, but but right now it's like every every few months I'm gonna really release an episode. But um, but yeah, so that's the synth history thing, and I, there's playlists and interviews and stuff on synthhistory.tv and uh, uh, the podcast, and, mm. and I hope to do more with that. So. It's so that's so great. I mean, I was sort of laughing along then because I know how much work a podcast is, yeah, even when yeah. it's just talking. Because and it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's about a day and a half, two days a week I spend on this podcast, and there's no music in it. There's music at the start and at the end, but that's already recorded. So oh my god, did you're so you're scoring the whole thing? That's a wonderful project, but holy moly, that's like that's a lot of work. Yeah, so it's a lot, and I'm also like writing so I'll write the whole thing first and mm-hmm. I'll I'll do uh you know with the re- references and everything like that mm-hmm. um and then I'll I'll record like a demo audio track so I know how long it is and then I'll mm-hmm. score score all the sections and put in all like the the sound design and I'll also have like other people like when you need voice actors like yeah I just be like hey can you to my boyfriend like hey Matt can you record uh, can you pretend to be like an old timey person and like <laughs> and like say what's a synthesizer and then, he'll, <laughs> and then he'll like record it on the voice memo on his phone and send it back and then I'll like mm. edit, edit that stuff in but that's so cool it's really fun I'm just it's hard for me to like do that and then also with the with the record coming out I'm just like yeah. all right I gotta focus on this and then once this is out then I'll, then I could focus yeah. on that Exactly. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter how long something takes if you're making something beautiful and meaningful and all that stuff. But I'm just I'm just sort of in awe that of the the sort of complexity of the thing you're taking on. And if anyone's listening who's got like tons of money they want to throw at Dan's so that she can do this full time once her record's out, because I want to hear the whole series and I I'd, I'd like it to be done really quickly. So if there's anyone with just too much money burning <laughs> a hole in their pocket, get in touch, please. <laughs> that would be really good. That'd be great. <laughs> Any synth fans in the house? Come on. <laughs> get involved yeah I, I love I love that account I've been I've been looking at it for a while and it's just the, the the pictures you find are amazing like there's some from just like the most recent pictures of um they just kind of look like boom boxes but they've got synths on top and are they real yeah so it's amazing that la- that post that I the post that I did a few days ago was just on like these quirky uh quirky synths and it's mm. this just a compilation of a few synths that I post posted about over the last year or so but yeah they're all real so synthesizers cool. um i'm gonna hold up my casio tone so that you know that i'm somewhat <laughs> oh, nice. that's awesome yeah and i've got a slightly bigger one in the corner but i've only got one two three four five synths in my house but that's enough for me at the nice. moment i like them that synth's great i want one of those it's really, cool. really cool i love it <laughs> so how many do you have um I have a few. I have a a, a Prophet Eight, a Prophet Six, a Moog Minotaur, a Moog Grandmother, and an, Om- an Omnicord, which is a pretty neat 
quirky little synth. I've got one of those. I love those so much. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of I want to get a Moog one, but they're really expensive. And I think if I were to get like the next big synth purchase that I want to get um, would be a Moog, uh, a mini Moog, like an original mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, the unfortunately the I live in a pretty tiny studio apartment in New York. And like the more the more gear that I get, the less space I have to to actually like live in. But yeah, I think uh, I think in the summer I'm gonna I'm making the move to LA, which uh, I'm pretty excited for. I'm really yeah. excited to get out of New York City and have a little bit more space. So. Hopefully you get more synths done. But it doesn't sound like it's a collecting thing for collecting's sake. Are there certain sounds that you're looking for when you're getting new synths? I, yeah, no, I don't collect them. I, I mean, I wish that I could, but I just can't. At this point in time, I can't really afford to collect stuff that I'm not using to to actively make music with. Um, Yeah. But for me, I think it's important to have like, a synth for a specific thing so the prophet six i use for chords all the time the moog minotaur is what i mainly use for bass the grandmother is what i use for like leads the mm-hmm. prophet eight i like barely use at all um i'm just using it as like a midi keyboard right now but i have uh like i have a list of certain things that i want to get um for certain specific sounds but i think mm-hmm. as far as like collecting goes and collecting vintage synths that's like something I want to do when I have like you know a little bit of extra money saved up yeah but yeah for me right now it's just about um whatever I have just like making sure I use it on music making and then down the road I hope to collect more do you only use analog synths or do you use any programming stuff inside computers and stuff like that so I use software since sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think the past couple of years I've been trying to just like mainly use analog like hardware stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Prophet Six is all analog except for the effects and the Moogs. The Moog synths are all analog. Um, and what I'll do is like I'll write in Ableton and maybe use a software synth and then send send the MIDI through one of the hardware synths mm. so kind of like get get the bones of the songs down on Ableton and then like re-record everything with with the analog synths but um mm. I it's like a mixture it just like depends on uh, to be honest like what I'm making and how lazy I am <laughs> because like because setting up the the hardware synths like takes longer much longer time than like just using a software synth and like I could you know, do something on my, on my keyboard. Uh, and, um, I've been doing like some music live streams and because I only have, uh, this one camera, I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just do it. Do it with Ableton and just do mm. some soft sense. But I think, um, yeah, it just depends on kind of on the mood that I'm in. But mm. for this last, for this last record, it was mainly probably like 90%, uh, hardware and analog mm. synths. 
I ask because I know some people are really, I was going to say use the word snobby, which sort of sounds like I think that's bad. But some people are very <laughs> specific about they will only use hardware and some and, and, and stuff inside the computer is no good. I just like a mix of stuff. Like If the sound is right, I'll use that sound. I don't care where it comes from at all. But some people have other opinions, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I think it just honestly, it depends. And I think it it can sound super good uh, coming uh, like with from a software synth, Mm -hmm. for sure. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you're trying to make. And both both can sound good. Back to things in the real world, like I do sound (laughs) like someone's gran. (laughs) <laughs> Back to things that we can touch and feel. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to know what the word creativity means to you, because this show is about that and it's about trying to find out what that is for different people to some extent. I was wondering if you have a process for the things that you make and what kind of stumbling blocks you come up against and possibly how you get yourself out of them. So that's about 17 questions in one, apologies. <laughs> but just generally, what do you feel about creativity? What does that word mean to you? So... Uh- what does creativity mean to me? I think that I one of my biggest problems, I think, I was going to say be, being overly creative, but I don't think that's a good way to put it. I feel like that I'm I want to do so many different things that it's hard for me to sometimes ever finish one cuz I'm like, "Oh, I want to write this thing about synth history. Oh, I want to finish this song. Oh, actually, I want to create an NFT." Like I'm always like if some uh, if a light bulb comes up in my head to like make something whether it's you know anything i just said or like maybe it's like designing a a shirt or something for the new record um i just feel like i just go for it right there in the moment whether it's like 2 a.m and i'm sitting there and i think about think of it or if it's you know right after I'm eating dinner or whatever, I think the most important thing for me is like when the idea comes to just like get it down there in the moment when I'm feeling inspired by it Mm. because I feel like it's really hard for me to like sit down and like force myself to be creative. I feel like it'll just come, like I'll be super interested in a specific synthesizer one day and I know that if I don't look it up and research it and write about it now, like tomorrow I'm going to like forget about it or something. And I don't know. I think it sounds really impulsive when I talk about it that way. But um, I think for me, creativity is just going with the flow and listening to your ideas and um, not being afraid to 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 follow through with them and... I th- it is important to force yourself to finish things a lot of times, even if you are impulsive about them. But, but yeah, just take your oh, always try to be inspired by things around you, and mm. um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's definitely a lot. I that resonates with me a lot. So I think, and in, in fact, resonates a good word because it's the things that make you kind of vibrate, or yes, yeah, some, something that lights you up. Because the thing has to light you up in the same way that the name that you choose to use for your project needs to be exciting or make you feel positive or whatever. Definitely, definitely. You know, it needs to be something that yeah really gets you going. Otherwise, you wouldn't really bother finishing the thing, would you? Yeah, I have to be excited about it. And 
sometimes I will, I mean, like the next podcast episode I'm writing is on this guy, Ikutaro Kakahashi, who was the founder of Roland. Mm. And I was researching him and reading all and reading his uh, autobiography that he wrote and looking up all the stuff. And I was super excited about it, wrote this whole thing. And then I, I was like, oh, okay, now I have to f- figure out all the stuff for my record. And then it's like, now I'm like forcing myself to go back and work on it. And the excitement's mm-hmm. not exactly as, as much as it was before. And so there I like have to kind of force myself. And then I become excited about it again after I'm like dove, like dive back in. But yeah. for me, the initial spark is like, okay, got to jump on it. Got to do this now. I'm really excited about it and start something. And then mm. I can always come back to it later and finish it. But I'm, I always uh, I try to jump on the ideas when they come, which I'm yeah. sure is, uh, uh, there's definitely a lot, a lot of like manic, manic texts that I send to my boyfriend <laughs> that, that's like, oh, and then we should make a video like this. And then it's gonna, this is going to happen. And oh, my God, for if we ever do the synth history series, like this has to be there and blah, blah, blah. Like always like constantly like coming up with, with crazy ideas. I feel like. I always feel like I'm exhausting my husband oh, so, yeah, in the same way. Yeah, and, we, and he's in the house as well. So it's like <laughs> just never ending. <laughs> he hasn't even been able, to, been able to go out to work for a whole year because <laughs> of, <laughs> of the pandemic. So he's just in the house with me all the time. And I'm just like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this. I'm talking to this person. Uh, la, 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 la. <laughs> and he's just like, that's great. He's so supportive though. Like he is wonderful. That's I'm so awesome. lucky because it would be bad if, I mean, obviously we wouldn't be very well suited if he couldn't handle <laughs> the high octane idea factory, which is my <laughs> brain. So yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> Do you ever come across things like inner critic problems or writer's block or anything like that? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel like I there are times when I'm very confident about what I'm doing and very confident about the music I make and like the record and the the videos and whatever. And then there's times when I'm like, oh man, you know, this music video came out and I think it's so cool. I wish that I got more views. Like maybe it's not that good. And then I'll focus on like one bad comment or like, which will like start a train of thought in my head. That's like, oh, maybe it's not that good. And like, I think it's just about like kind of, realizing that when you do have the inner critic um being hard on yourself just realizing that they're just thoughts and like electrical impulses and they're 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 not they don't have to be true and you can you know just focus on all the good thoughts that you have in your head and uh I don't know that I mean I think you know everybody goes through ups and downs about their work but what's has helped me is just like kind of just trying to accept those thoughts know that they'll be there but trying to just like choose to focus on the better thoughts instead of focusing on the the bad ones I guess (laughs) yeah that's very wise that's very very wise I find it so funny and strange that people who don't make music but so the people who would hopefully be listening to this might just assume we're so confident all the time because they hopefully like the thing that we do which is why they're listening to this episode but it doesn't mean that yeah we certainly don't think we're perfect or and I I, I, I feel the same things you do I was talking to Leela Moss from the Duke Spirit um on in a recent episode and she was talking about exactly this thing of 
because we're talking about meditation as well so the thoughts being like those clouds that the thoughts sort of come along they don't have to define your day they're just thoughts she was talking about the mind being separate from presence of mind so the mind being something that is trying to get your attention and it's the thing that wants all of the dopamine hits on Facebook and things it's the thing that's trying to distract you and tell you to go and watch tv or eat a takeaway or whatever yeah yeah so that was really interesting way of putting it yeah that's very wise I think um Mm. yeah you just don't have to give in to those negative thoughts and and just try and yeah focus on the the better ones more positive ones but definitely I am not confident 100% of the time (laughs) yeah I think it'd be weird it'd be so weird to be I don't know how that would feel it sort of (laughs) seems like just yeah an uncomfortable way to live although it's obviously not it's obviously the most comfortable way to just have no self uh what's the word yeah no yeah I I just can't imagine it (laughs) I I mean I can't imagine it either (laughs) It would probably, I don't know. <laughs> that'd be hard. that'd be weird. Maybe it's like having loads of money. I was talking to my sister earlier about this, but like <laughs> imagine having so much money and this is such a stupid thing, stupid thing point to make, but to having so much money that for instance, if you were trying to order something, you wouldn't even care how much the shipping was. Oh, you know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> I always look at that and think, hmm, that's a lot. <laughs> to just not even to just not even have to look at it. Not even look at the shipping. Or like go to a restaurant and like just put the your card down and not look at the bill. I'm like yeah. waiting. I'm waiting for that day in my life and be like, oh yeah, just take it, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep waiting for that one. I think, but yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, you mentioned negative comments. I I don't want to give them too much oxygen or anything, but I was wondering what your current relationship is with smartphones and the internet in terms of your career and general Um, mental health and happiness so uh, that's interesting so I think it's really weird I think before COVID I was on Instagram a lot and on social media all the time always posting stories and I think I got so not like addicted but I was just always on my phone during the the early stages middle stages of the pandemic and I think somewhere along the line I was just like i don't care as much anymore and I think that there's just been a shift with how I use social media now and I it's like I'll go on I'll post about like if I have like an announcement on the the Dan's Instagram account the my personal Instagram account and I'll uh, synth history I post like every day um Mm -hmm. I make a post every day on there but for my own it's it's not very often but I definitely am on there a lot less uh than I was a like a year ago um and I feel better about it I feel like there's this thing of like on social media of like uh just like you know like comparing like yourself to uh like for me it's like comparing like to other musicians and like oh how many followers do they have and then it's just like I just kind of like stop want just wanted to stop kind of like caring about that kind of thing because it's just like kind of like takes over and like brings up all these negative thoughts about yourself and it's there's no point life is is so much more than that it's like about experiences I I felt like it it was just like taking away from my experience of life like being on Instagram all the time I'm like why do why am I on there why don't you why do I care about numbers and like likes and how many people are 
looking at my stuff and um yeah so my i think that i was to uh to make a long story short i think i was on instagram more often and then the pandemic kind of like brought me off of it a little bit um which i i think i'm kind of a little bit more happier about but mm. yeah i think it's gone the opposite way for me and it's annoying because i had <laughs> made a lot of effort to get off a lot of stuff for for good chunks of time and only use it in a really um sort of the digital minimalist way as in use it to add value to my life so you know look at specific things and then get off the computer yeah. or post things about things i'm excited about and want to share and then get off the computer so none of the scrolling was happening which was really good and then i just let myself get back into it and it's <laughs> disgusting i hate it and just go looking again oh instagram and then this and then this and then this and around and around and around and i can't stop and it's they are addictive things they're shiny it's very addicting it's created that way that's why this podcast is called attention engineer i'm an idiot for not I, and i'm a hypocrite and i'm telling everyone so that they know it's really hard but yeah you are so right it's um you're so right to distance yourself because it, that is not life. Staring into a, basically a vortex in your hand no, is not living life to the fullest, is it? It's crazy. It's like sometimes it's just such a reaction when you're mm. not doing anything uh, to just pick up your phone and look at Instagram, look at your email, look at Twitter, look at whatever. And I just started trying to train myself. Like when I noticed myself doing that, like put it down, do mm. something at you know in the real world like around me like yeah oh I should probably clean up my apartment or oh I've been wanting to sort my record collection I should do that it's just I was realizing oh my god I'm wasting so much time scrolling through stuff that has not like is not adding to my life at all it's just if anything it's just like some of it's just like like the memes make me laugh knowing what my <laughs> friends are doing is is fun but like a lot of stuff I'm like you know on the explore page and there's like somebody doing their makeup as like a specific way I'm like I don't I don't know if I'm like I'm never gonna get those 30 seconds back like yeah of a like some a specific thing that I watched and um yeah, you didn't seek that out either. That's the thing. I mean there's so much wonderful information if you like we were talking about YouTube tutorials and what have oh, you. Oh yeah. But th but it's very different to just be presented with something and then you watch it and you're like why did I watch that? Like, I didn't want to watch the makeup tutorial or whatever or, it is. Yeah, yeah. Or like I I uh, downloaded TikTok for the first time. Danger. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, it's very like entertaining to watch. But after a while, it was like, I don't know. I'm like, just been scro like mindlessly scrolling through these videos. But I don't think like the Internet is uh, I think it's like amazing and like I do I am a big proponent of like social media I don't think like mm. I would have gotten to where I was today like without being able to promote myself on all these platforms but I do think that it there is just like this kind of mindless addiction to to scrolling <laughs> yeah and uh just uh subconsciously like I think people just get so used to it and just re think that there's like nothing wrong with it but sometimes I take a step back and I'm like geez like if I added up all the time that I spent doing that there was this really funny uh quote that was from Mark Cuban that I heard the other day on mm. the 
think it was like an episode of Shark Tank. I don't know if you've ever okay, seen no, that. I haven't. Uh, so Mark Cuban's this investor guy, but he was like talking about making his bed and how he added up all the time per week it took to make his bed. And uh, he realized like he was spending like would be spending a hundred hundreds of hours of his life making his bed. So right th- then he decided never to make it anymore or something. And I was like, wow, that's, <laughs> re- that's really interesting. Like, yeah. yeah, like why do I make my bed? Like I just go back and sleep in there anyway. And then, um, but it just kind of makes me think of like all of the mindless scrolling I do on social media. Like when I'm really old, like on my deathbed, do I want to, what what would I think if I like added up all the hours I spent oh, like watching those like these dumb videos? So I've just imagine tra- if someone presented you with that number right at the end and you just were like, oh, that'd be what killed you, right? Just be like, oh no, all the novels I could have written. That's like an, an SNL skit or something. Oh god, it's probably many hours. So I was mostly laughing at the Mark Cuban thing because I don't really make my bed, but I, but it's not a messy bed. I just I don't have like loads of sheets or anything we just sort of straighten out the duvet and that's it it doesn't take very long but if he's talking about yeah the seconds that add up unless he's got some elaborate bed making thing that I don't understand and I'm doing it wrong I don't know I I don't know yeah maybe it's an elaborate bed with like specific like pillow setup or something I don't know. <laughs> maybe. but um yeah so I think social media is great for mm-hmm. it's great for brands and stuff but definitely don't get sucked in to the explore yeah. page. <laughs> Go on the internet, read stuff by me, read stuff by Dan's, look at all <laughs> our stuff, get all of our music, and then get off again. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. That's all you need it for. <laughs> But yeah, please just, yeah, don't be on it all day. And that's the thing when I, I suppose there's the sort of the inherent thing I struggled with, with social media, because I, I really love it and, and and appreciate it for, again, the same things you're saying about career building stuff. But I also don't want people to be on there all day. So I, I went through a period of time thinking, well, if I'm posting, then I'm basically saying, I agree that we should all be on there because I want people to read the things. But I think people can make their own minds up and I'm not responsible for that. So <laughs> I'll just post. If you don't see it, that's fine. Uh, hopefully you were outside doing something else. You know? <laughs> I would love to ask you which three pieces of your own work you'd recommend for new listeners to get into your musical world. Ooh, that's interesting. I would say anything off the absurdity of human existence. Um... For computer magic stuff, uh, there's a song called Amnesia that I really like of mine that came on the Dan's record, which came out a couple years ago. And then (laughs) probably a song that I really like is a song called Spaces off my record Davos, which came came out in 2015. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then, oh, I guess that's three things. So I would say those things. (laughs) Okay. And what are you most proud of creating so far? Um, hmm. I don't want to, I feel like I would say this nearest like any any new release that I have, but I do feel like this new record I put, I tried to dig the most um, emotionally that I ever have before. Mm. And... I think in the past, uh, obviously, like all all of the songs that I've ever made are pretty personal to me because they're like coming from me. But I think this last record, I tried to dig a little bit deeper 
uh, and I think that this new record have has some of the best songs that I've written. So I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the the Wendy Carlos podcast episode. Um, because honestly, it was almost as work as like uh, almost as much work as as making a record in some capacity for mm-hmm. a, I think like six songs are originals and then just like all the editing and sound design and all that. And um, I was pretty proud of that uh, accomplishment. And yeah, I would say those two things I'm pretty proud of the most. Yeah. And I think, am I right in saying that you do film soundtrack stuff as well? Yeah, so I also do scoring work. I've scored mm-hmm. a ton of commercials in Japan and some U.S. Uh, commercial stuff. And I just scored a mini doc on the New York City subway system this past summer. Uh and I just recently scored this horror film by my friend that is not out yet. That will mm-hmm. be out soon. But yeah. I'm really excited for that. The movie is called While Mortals Sleep. I don't know when it's going to be out, but I'm sure I'll post about it. Brilliant. And so has all of that come about because of the music you've made as computer magic and dance? Yeah. So the the commercial scoring in Japan um, was because of computer magic the companies were were fans of of computer magic uh and just asked if i would be able to compose compose stuff for them Mm -hmm. and in the u.s it's more like like demo kind of work like not even like necessarily i'm promoting the stuff as computer magic or dance i'm just like oh i've scored this uh yeah but it's uh like an example i just did the two recent commercials for this company called thinks um just like an underwear brand Hmm. and then last year i did these jingles for this company in berlin for mercedes for just like a jingle um Hmm. but it's like kind of like ghostwriter type of work i think i think of it as um but there's other stuff like this movie that's coming out I'm really excited about and that I will promote from like my own brand yeah that makes uh, sense. like some of this other commercial stuff they'll give me a brief like oh you know we want something to sound upbeat and you know sometimes that stuff's a little a little cheesy I'm not necessarily like hey I did this made this music for this commercial it's just more so like to make money uh yeah. to to reinvest that money into like more things I have uh creative artistic freedom over yeah of course but, yeah I was asking because I'm just so I, I got the impression that that you were hired to do the work because of basically the self-generated work you'd done and I'm really interested in in that and explaining to people that that's how things happen as well sometimes because it's not that we all go and train at music college to, to know everything about everything and then you get jobs yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have to prove yourself or teach yourself or get yourself to a point where people will then ask you or you can go to them with your back catalogue and all that kind of thing. Yeah, like the the Subway documentary, the director reached out to me because he was he had heard my stuff as computer magic and really mm-hmm. like that stuff I was doing and and yeah, all the Japanese ads 
Um, they had heard of computer magic before and wanted me to work on that stuff because mm. of the music that I had already put out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I hope to get more stuff like that. That stuff is really fun for me to do and a challenge and kind of gets me out of, uh, you know, the the grind of like what I'm doing in my own world. It's it's somebody else's project. And so it's kind of fun to work on somebody, somebody else's thing for a change. Yeah. Yeah. And there's such a beautiful kind of collaboration between music and pictures in films and like the, the different ways that the emotions can be heightened and stuff. Just It just seems like so much fun to work on that as a composer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. The the last one is really cool. The the horror one. Um, it's really creepy. Uh, <laughs> and yeah it was fun to make music for that one I'm looking forward to that one That that's a brilliantly creepy name as well <laughs> <laughs> I love it if you could give one piece of advice to a listener who wants to be more creative in their own life what would that piece of advice be I would say hmm one piece of advice I would say to never hold back your ideas and kind of believe that what you can do is possible. Like I remember about like two years ago when I was first like starting the synth history stuff, like just kind of thinking like, wow, it would be so cool to like interview, uh, you know, so-and-so or so-and-so and oh, I could have a website, just like kind of like envisioning all this stuff and then eventually, like over the course of, you know, a couple of years, just like kind of making it happen and just like just like kind of realizing that no idea that you have is like too big. Like if you if you want to write a movie, there's no reason that you can't write a movie and can't can't make something out of it. There's no reason that you can't write a book. There's no reason that you can't make an amazing song like if you put your mind to it, I think. And and really focus on it and put a lot of hard work and effort into something. There's no reason that it can't come to fruition. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Just, I th- I feel like you're your own, you're your own worst enemy when it comes to like holding yourself back about things. And it's just to kind of take that mindset away and believing that you can, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but just like <laughs> believing in, uh, believing in yourself and realizing that you have the ability to to actually make things happen in your life I feel like I just got a personal pep talk from Dan's that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much yeah no problem (laughs) I've had such a wonderful time talking to you oh thank you thank you so much for saying yes yeah this is amazing thanks for having me best of luck with the album I hope that everyone listening goes and picks up a copy immediately in fact they must yeah yeah and then what's your next creative adventure what's happening next this year for you uh so after this record comes out I'm gonna finish the finish the next podcast episode and I kind of want to put out just like an instrumental record and uh just have fun and be weird and and just kind of release it for fun and see where that goes and it and also I should say, if anybody wants to order the absurdity of human existence on vinyl, my website is zdans.com. <laughs> Go there now.
and yeah, I'm just gonna try to be keep being creative I guess <laughs> brilliant that's brilliant to hear well it sounds like a busy year ahead I hope it goes well <laughs> thank you and thank you so much for talking to me of course thanks for having me I think you know what to do Dan's new album needs your support so please head to zdans.com that's z-d-a-n-z.com to get your copy of the absurdity of human existence I love that title I've made a deluxe show notes page for this episode at penfriend.rocks forward slash Dan's as well, of course. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast today. It's lovely to have you here, really. I'm sure you already know that rating and reviewing podcasts really help spread the word to bring in new listeners. So thanks for considering that and please do subscribe so I can get the next episode to you with minimum fuss. My new album, Exotic Monsters, is available to pre-order now on limited edition vinyl, CD, cassette and more. So have a listen and a browse at penfriend.rocks forward slash new album. Big love and thanks to every member of my Correspondence Club for powering the making of new music and podcasts. Thank you. I'll be back next Wednesday with another deep conversation about creativity, grit and determination. Catch you then. Keep a kiss for me cause we all fall down. Oh.